Okay, let's open in our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. And this has been a great conference so far, hasn't it? Last night's messages and Monday night's sessions were, were just so incredible. And uh, we are speaking this morning about being connected. And how many Hungarians do we have here? I'm Okay. Okay, Ephesians 4. And we want to just talk about staying connected or being connected. And when we talk about being connected, I was speaking with a pastor in Philadelphia recently. And I'm pastoring in Philadelphia. I lived in Poland for five years. And we did church planting there for several years. And then we took a team to Ukraine. And we lived there for five years and did church planting there as well. And 1997, I returned with my wife back to Baltimore. And then we began to do some church planting in Philadelphia. And I spoke with one pastor there. And he said to me that churches in the Philadelphia area people in the churches are loosely connected with the, with the church and with the pastor. And there's not that tight-knit connection. And that really is the characteristic of churches today, I think, that that many times there's not that experience of what we call in greater grace body life. And when someone comes to our church in greater grace for the first time, many times the, what they experience is so unique and they can they can experience what we call tangible charity. Love that can be actually touched and, and it's like a family. And that's what we love about our conferences, about our ministries, about our churches. That we are not loosely connected with each other, but we, we are very tightly connected with each other. Because we have the same spirit. And maybe we speak different languages, uh, but we have a connection that is very spiritual. And that's life in the body of Christ. And this comes 
really at a cost. Ez And I want to talk about that this morning a little bit. Um, this morning I had this experience. I started speaking with someone from the Czech church. And they didn't speak English. And I, I was like, wait a minute. Didn't we fellowship before? Like, we have this great fellowship. And we were trying to figure out how we were communicating with each other. And isn't it interesting that there are some people even in this room that may not speak English. But when we are, when we are together, we have this deep communication of the same spirit, don't we? And that's really uh, a wonderful thing. And Ephesians 4, verse 11, I love these verses. And we're just going to go exposi- expositionally through a couple verses. Verse 11. Uh, I want to start at verse 10, actually. Because I think we often can start at verse 11, but we really should start at verse 10, because this is where the thought begins. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fulfill all things. This is really Jesus Christ. And this is where body life begins. When a church is struggling with the relationships within the church or when leaders are struggling with each other the resolution of the issue always begins in verse 10 that Jesus Christ descended in humility became obedient unto death at the cross. And this is really where body life begins, doesn't it? That when there is a conflict, my strategy is not that I personally demand an apology. Like, did God demand an apology from you and I to get saved? Was that a condition of salvation? God, I'm really sorry for my sins. Believe it or not, we know in the finished work that salvation doesn't come by first apology. Because the truth is, I really am not sorry about my sins you know, I feel guilty, but maybe I'm not really sorry. You know? Maybe there's regret, maybe there's sadness. But salvation does not come by 
apology, but it comes by grace, right? So when we come to God, and we are kind of not sorry about sin, don't live in condemnation. We may feel convicted about sin. Spiritual conviction is much deeper than emotional sorrow. As a matter of fact, conviction may have actually no emotion. But we just know that under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, we name our we name our sin and we confess it to God. We say to God the same thing He does about sin. And if there's not a lot of emotion, don't worry about it. Because there are a lot of emotional people that are sorry about sin, but they are never converted. They're never changed. They're never renewed. And they live in a cycle of, think of the alcoholic drinks all weekend. Monday morning he's very, very sorry. And he cries. And he says, I'm so sorry. I'm so bad. I, what did I do? I'm so sorry. And then Monday night he's drunk again. That's not true repentance. Anyway, that's not what I want to talk about. But I was thinking about that because because um, when you talk to someone who is wounded and living in their flesh, they are demanding apologies. And it's okay, and it could be, it could be that we never get an apology, but that we love unconditionally. Because Christ in us is bigger than people's sin and failure. So, our connection with each other is not based on someone saying, I'm sorry. But it's based on Jesus Christ paying for our sins. And when we do, when we do offend a brother or sister, we go to them alone and say, uh, I grieve the Holy Spirit. But it's not something that we can demand from people. So, so he descended and then he ascended. Jesus ascended. And he, he um, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22, 19 through 22, uh, Jesus ascended far above. Come on in, Becca. There's places here. Becca, come on in. Becca, we have seats in the front here. So this one of my team members from Philadelphia. Um, Jesus Christ ascended. And you know what that means? He conquered sin. 
az, hogy, uh, he conquered your sin and my sin. And this is where body life begins. That when I talk to somebody, I'm talking to Jesus Christ in them, who conquered their sin. Because there can be no fellowship unless there's the understanding that we are connecting on a deeper level that is deeper than behavior. Because you know what a mature church is? Is when people can come to a church and they are not seen after what they've done. But we literally connect with people and say, God is greater in you than your sin. This is our message. This is our message. And so, verse 10, verse 11 says this. He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists and some pastor teachers. The pastor teacher is given to teach precept upon precept, line upon line in Isaiah 28, 9 through 11. And when we are in and when we are in the classroom of faith we are under spiritual authority and there is a ministry of teaching going on didasco and this teaching is not a dialogue but is a monologue meaning that meaning that There's not a discussion here about if this is acceptable or not. But didasco is a teaching that comes from the Word of God. Uh, people today do not want to think. They are not critical thinkers. They are thinking in emotion. People prefer to feel than they prefer to think. So for those that use Facebook, Facebook has introduced a new, a new aspect to their platform called reaction. And before you could just write comments, But now there is reaction like smiley faces or anger faces or emotional icons. In the States, I don't know about Europe, children are using more emoji cons than they are using words. Social media has become the platform of reaction instead of critical thinking, objective thinking. 
mert sokkal inkább érzelmi kiváltak ezek a social media And so the job of the pastor teacher is to do two things, to teach precepts. And this is the authority power of a category that comes from Christ himself. He teaches categories that he's not just teaching topical messages or devotional thoughts only, but he's teaching principles, precepts. Because the ministry, our ministry in Greater Grace is not a ministry that ministers to people's felt needs. But it's a, it's a proclamational ministry. It's a preaching ministry. It's a preaching of things. Because the world that we live in really just only addresses felt need, what I feel that I need. I feel that I need to be more accepted. I feel that I need to be recognized. I feel that I need to be useful. In the United States, our American mentality is do, do, do. And many times when new people come to my church, the first thing they say is, what can I do here? And so we have a lot of people doing a lot of things in our church, and it's fun. I mean, it's, you know, and but that's not the first thing that Christ calls us. He calls us to come and to receive something and to take upon us his easy yoke, which relieves us of the burden. And so, verse 11, the whole, every aspect of the ministry, every position in the church is for edification. It is for edu- edification. The pastor teaches precept upon precept, that is point upon point, category by category, right? He's not talking to people about how they feel today. You know, how do you feel today? Are you feeling okay? I don't know. Okay, well, maybe I'll just preach a field message. No, we teach categories. And the Holy Spirit, which is the comforter, comforts the believer. Job 33 says this. I read this this morning. God said this. I have spoken it once. But the second time you did not hear it. In the church. There is two things happening. In the ministry of the word of God. The word is preached. But then the Holy Spirit speaks it a second time to us through Rhema, personal application, and then line upon line. Line is like when you take two precepts and you connect them spiritually through spiritual illumination. You take what you heard last night 
And you connect it with another point. And that creates a vector, a line. And that's line upon line. That's spiritual ministry. That's proclamational ministry. And what in verse 12, what is the purpose of the ministry of the Word of God? What's the purpose of a secretary? What's the purpose of a translator? What's the purpose of an organizer? What's the purpose of a person that's washing the floors? Every aspect of the ministry has to have verse 12 as the purpose. And the purpose is edification of the saints. Verse 12. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. And for the edifying of the body of Christ. So let's speak. i got to finish here. I'm speaking to you. What's the, What is the purpose of ministry? That's to prepare you as a member in particular for your ministry in the body of Christ. Number two, to build you and I up to preach the gospel in the world that we live in. The, the Ephesian church had six problems in verse 14. Number one, and I'm going to go through these really quick. Number one, they lost their intimacy with Christ. They had great doctrine, great teaching, but they lost intimacy with God. We had a week of prayer in Baltimore. That was just in a, a stirring ourselves up in intimacy with Christ. Number two, they became like children. They became tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine and emotionalism. And on and on and on. I just want to finish with this. Is that in verse 15, to be connected with each other means that we receive the truth spoken in love and we are speaking the truth in love because your enemy is not going to tell you the truth they are going to flatter you they're going to tell you things that you want to hear because they want you to be like him deceived The only way to get healed from a wound is a ministry of the word of truth by love. Is having a pastor teacher that's anointed, that has a ministry, a twofold ministry, the objective logos and a rhema ministry. And verse 16 describes a healthy body life. Number one, three things. They are knit together in love. Number two, every joint supplies. And number three, there's an increase of the body of Christ. There's an increase of the body of Christ.
And this is how we are healed. We go to the cross with our issues, our flesh, other people's flesh. And we say, that was crucified. That was crucified. That was crucified. We can always tell when we get disconnected from the head, Jesus Christ. When our system of justice is offended. They shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have done that. That's wrong. And it's not being dealt with. And this is wrong. And this is wrong. And it's like, and, and, and I can always tell when my spirit's off when I'm just saying what's wrong. And I'm not talking about the resolution of the cross. And now I'm taking Pastor Sleva's time. I'm sorry, I'm going to finish now. But uh, body life, uh, it does not happen without laying down our lives at the cross. Marriage does not happen without laying down our lives at the cross. And if I say, if I say this, I'm leaving this church because I'm tired. Well, guess what? If you leave, you're going to go to another church and you're going to have the same issue. Sinners are everywhere. The, the res- resolution is we go to God and we say, God, let's in communication communicate because God desires unity. Not based on personality, but based on two people or a group of people that have said no to the flesh and yes to Jesus Christ who descended and then ascended. Amen. So um, I know we have more than 45 minutes, right? We only have 15. So I spoke, I think, 20. I think I spoke way too long. I'm sorry. I repent, Pastor. All right. Amen. So let's welcome Pastor Tom, uh, Pastor Tom Sleva.